welcome to the episode of the Nintendo Retainment Podcast. I am trying first time. Join me today is Wario Will. Happy Mario Day, everybody. It is currently March 10th by the time you're listening to this podcast. And yeah, all the things. And if you're listening to this, definitely stop by Nintendo NYC to see uh, Mario's real-life interpretation of his shoes. Yes, I am not making this up. That is a very a real thing. Yes. It is so stupid. I'm sorry. I know we're going to talk about this in the news. But like, Miyamoto's saying, we made his shoes. Go see them. And? Really? Okay. Speaking of really, Skull Kid Scott. I mean, Mario's shoes are iconic, but are they as iconic as Sora's shoes? Or Sonic's shoes. Or Sonic's shoes. Like, come on. They like, should have made more overalls. Oh, there, you, no, there you go. You cannot tell me that if they made like various sizes of overalls, that for Mario-style overalls, that they would not sell out. Absolutely, 100%, it would happen. Guaranteed. Oh, people will buy that. People will Guaranteed. definitely buy that. Absolutely. And, ladies and gentlemen, guess what? Challenger approaching! Oh yes, I'm very excited for this, ladies and gentlemen, because for the first time here on NEP, we have Falcon Faith! Hi, I'm Faith, and I'm um, a self-published author and a journalist, and I'm happy to be here today. Ah, putty, putty, putty. Uh, just a little extra background. I know Faith from another website that we used to work on together, and she she loves Nintendo. She loves various other things. Some I support, some I do not. And Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, <laughs> no, Faith, I will not let that go. Deal with it. <laughs> but uh, she is one of the coolest people I know, bar none. And when she found out that I had a podcast on Outer Haven, which I apparently did not tell her about, which is odd. Great marketing. Well, it's just like. I mean, I'm the host. Usually I brag about these things, but I guess there was just something about Faith that didn't want me to brag. I don't know. Well, it was like you told me you attended a podcast, not that you own and host a podcast. There's well, a difference. Well, own is relative. <laughs> I don't own the website. That's, that's their boss, Kuba Keith. But Well, you still host it, so it's host. almost like owning. I, I am the host with the most. This is not a lie. So, but yes, we are very excited to have Faith here, and uh, we hope we hope you have a, a fun time because we would love for you to join us as often as you want. Thank you. All right. So to kick off Faith's arrival, let's get started with what have you been playing? And Faith, since you are our new co-host, please regale the people of what you have been playing in recent times. Well... What I've been taking up most of my time is The Sims 4, because mm -hmm. I'm very excited about the new update with the infants. So I've been making it my goal to make like the perfect family house in, prepare in preparation for the infants update. Other than that, I've been playing Dying Light with a bunch of friends, because we recently got into that game. Um, and it's pretty cool. I'm not obsessed with the whole zombie thing, but it is a cool game. And then I've been trying to get all of the Star Path um, things in Disney Dream My Valley, but uh, I, I'm broke in the game, so it, it's challenging. Um, and really, that's about it. All of my other time has been spent working. Hold on, hold on, hold on. I, I want to go back. You're broke in the game, or you've broken the game? Because both are possible to you. <laughs> no, like, I, I basically, when Christmas happened and they released all of the Christmas stuff, I spent, like, all of my in-game money 
to get all of that to where now anything that they do, I don't have enough money. And then I don't have enough time to make enough money because making money in Disney Dreamlight Valley, like is so time consuming. <laughs> and what makes it harder for me is I haven't unlocked pumpkins yet. So I can't make enough money like everybody else can. Ah, uh, so Yikes. basically she's part, she got, she's got caught, she's got caught in that similar gotcha, gotcha online game. <laughs> you gotta do all your dailies. <laughs> yeah, and for those who don't understand the joke that I made about her, let me put it to you this way. When Faith told me that she liked Dream Valley, I'm like, okay, that's fine. I like just heard about the game at the time. And then every day or so there would be like some kind of new update for Dreamlight Valley. And on the other website we used to work for, she would take it like every day. She was like, <laughs> this is mine. This is my stuff. I, I'm doing Dreamlight Valley. And it's like, okay. And, that, and then she told me like all the stuff she does and like all the characters she has to get. So if she had broken Dreamlight Valley, I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> yeah, because like I, I, you know, I told you I was trying to unlock Stitch and I still haven't unlocked Stitch. Ah. Well, that's that's Splash <laughs> Uh, that's all right, and and I and, and yes, Faith is absolutely one of the most hardworking people I know. So if she says she doesn't have time for games, yeah, she doesn't have time for games. Okay, so you've been warned. All right, uh, Scott, how about you? How about you go next? Well, you're about to kick me off because I haven't actually played any more of Octopath or Fire Emblem this week. <laughs> I haven't played so much Trails to Azure. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I mean, granted, the game and of course of the upcoming Reverie, we have to get ready for that. I have to get ready for Reverie. Yes, I actually did um, yesterday start playing Trails of Cold Steel again, which was absolutely hilarious because uh, uh, there's a few errors in the save slots in the Steam Deck. Uh, which was absolutely hilarious because all my like every single thing that i had on my characters was replaced with a single item called tear bomb which is basically their equivalent of a potion uh, oh okay 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 okay. and you shouldn't be able to do that you can't literally equip a potion in your sword slot or your armor slot or in your court slot so i was just so confused because it never gave me any stats so uh, i was just trying to you know fight things with no improved stats and wondering why i died so quickly and I looked at my equipment and was like, how did this happen? So <laughs> was it the hardware issue, glitch issue? What how was it? What I think was happening is uh so I have the uh 64 gigabyte Steam Deck, which when you do basically from factory settings, that gives you about 30-ish gigabytes to use. The rest of it is of course the OS and all like the special photons that or protons that they put on the device. And I have an SD card for all of my games and my data but they still use the internal memory for like your dll files for some of like your residual temporary cache files mm, and so what okay. i think happened is the cache got too full so it couldn't add any more things so while it was saving it just corrupted itself i just thought it was weird that i could still load into a corrupted save though it's just that's such a weird way to corrupt something so i did reset it to factory settings and got rid of all my other proton nonsense to then just only have the protons for trails of cold steel which i don't find that much of an issue because protons easily are downloadable um but yeah it was it was like an all night process of me trying to figure out what was wrong with my save but luckily i can say the save has now been fixed because i actually have armor equipped mm -mm, all right, all not right, just right. potions potions i tell you but that's pretty much been the gist of what I've been doing. Um, 
game wise, but that's also just because I've been working my tail off at work. <laughs> the live grind, the the game of life and grinding. <laughs> yep, yep, yep. Indeed. I need money for all these games, but yeah. I need to work for all this money. And but we have no time for said games, and we have to make this money, and therefore the cycle continues. Yeah, I've I've been feeling that because the beginnings of my months are always the busiest because of a certain job that I have. So I just got done with that today, so now I feel I'll have more time, but we shall see. And Will, I know you have been playing a certain game because of a certain event that none of us have gotten to touch on. <laughs> <laughs> so before I get on to the obviously big run that would happen this past weekend, the other games that I've been playing is, of course, I actually have gone back to Fall Guys and almost done with the Battle Pass. Thank God for the times to uh, uh, EXP booster. So thank you for Mediatonic. And of course, we only have this month left. I think a little less than 30 days to, to finish up Fall Guys uh, Battle Pass. So yeah, you still got some time left. And of course, uh, with with recent of Overwatch 2, the, the um, One Punch Man collaboration. And yes, unfortunately, it did broke me. I did bought some coins and bought the bundle and the costumes. Oh. It, it was It's fun. It's fun. I mean, the Genos, a lot of people, yeah, the Genos one got really, yeah, they could have used other characters like uh, Quick Ninja, all that, which is because, again, Little Ninja. But yeah, Genos, fine. But yeah, uh, Doomfist one point uh, Saitama is like yeah, it's kind of yeah that that's a go to easy one. And <laughs> Hiriko actually as Tornado I thought was great. Mm -mm -mm. Right, right, right. But I'm not gonna spend money on it. <laughs> I, I just want to confirm this, Will. Um, you spent money to buy skins from One Punch Man. Yes or no? Okay, buy skins yes for no. One Punch Man. Yes or no? I refuse to answer that question. Thank you very much, host. <laughs> Anyways. Oh, no, 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 so... no, no, no. I set this up. You got to let me finish it. My response is thus. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There's a reference for you. I know the memes. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah overall like yeah, the skins it, it's a fun fun skin and again with, with the recent many collaborations that's been happening over in the game industry i mean again shredder and call of duty can you who who was saw that and of course aaron yeager coming into fall, fall uh not fall guys uh Fortnite. yep it's like Jeez, what timeline are we living in, people? Game industry, like all these collaborations coming in and forth. Yeah, Darth Vader versus Aaron Yeager. Who would have thought that? Or Drag or Goku versus Aaron Yeager. Or Ellen Ripley versus Aaron Yeager and Darth Maul. Like, <laughs> you would never would have said these things in the same sentence, and yet here we are. But I digress. <laughs> so yeah, aside from that, of course, naturally continuing on uh, with uh, Fire Emblem Heroes with the recent uh, Bunny Banner, which I know our dear yes. has a lot to say about. Oh, that. I have so many thoughts. <laughs> and, 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 this, and I warned Faith about this before she came on the show. I'm like, if there is a game like Fire Emblem Heroes that I feel exploits female characters with what they wear, I'm here. Gonna... We go. And this <laughs> banner proves it. Okay, are you? But Robin, me? are you kidding me with that duo? Like, what in the ever-living fork? Like, that's not even... What? Carla and Freya, I mean... Like, and in, in history's past, because unfortunately, we have got the entire family in the bunny outfits, including Bart. It's, yes, Bart is also in a bunny outfit. Don't forget about that, which is... I don't yeah. give a crap about Bart. I'm just kind of like, they have Carla, one of the most epic swordswomen in Fire Emblem, who, whose entire extended family is in the bloody game. And they make her in this very scantily clad bunny outfit next to the goat lady, who they never seem afraid to put in scantily clad clothing, even though she's the villain 
in one of the books. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll, we'll, see, this is the thing. I rage, and Will's like, meh. <laughs> well, I get used to this so... thing because this is our dynamic constantly when it comes to fan service. This is just one game. of those things of just just don't look at gotcha games because <laughs> Fire Emblem Heroes is not the only offender in this. Oh, I know. Uh, that. I, know true, true, I, have, I have a high respect for Fire Emblem and how they show off their female characters, but then ever since Fates, they basically have gone to fan service and waifu simulators, which <laughs> at times I'm fine with because they make some. It still makes some great, you know, female characters like Catherine or. Uh, Crap, who was the bow? Uh, Shamir. Shamir. Yeah, Shamir. Shamir was incredible. Loved Shamir. Um, uh, Yanaka in Engage. Loved Yanaka, who doesn't adore her. You know, and like, they're great. And then I see someone like Loki or Ivy or Freya and, <laughs> and Bunny Carla and, and Ivy even. And I'm just like, what in the world? <laughs> uh, again of course what kuvon said and say oh, who knows and again people would not get got on his case but eh, eh, again it's it's my fate like forget it forget it dear host it's fate town yeah, so, yes. all right talk splatoon 3 so we can hear about your exploits ah! <laughs> ah! Segway. so yes this past weekend was indeed the big uh the big run of splatoon 3 and yes i'm facing off against the horrible and yeah, the horror boss is, well, horrifying, if anything else. Just to hear that scream in the distance in the hub world, as well as if you bought um, Incopolis DLC, you can also he hear his, like, the, the scream. So, yeah, the horror bar, like, if you, once you know how to fight, fight him, it isn't as too bad. But, it, again, with everything else coming at you, it is just crazy. So, like, the best way to deal with the horror boroughs if you encounter him is uh, is throw eggs at his um, booyah bomb, which he's forming in his mouth. So just aim the, your eggs at, at his mouth when he forms the booyah bomb, and you can easily deal uh, massive damage to him. So definitely a, 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 a more or less a kind of much more simpler one than the original King Salmonid. So if anything else, I think... The horrible is actually easier compared to the original King Salmon. So, but yeah, and for personally for me, I'm just like I'm glad my my team, my my good set of randos I I, put, I teamed up with, I uh, managed to go and hit up and got up to a high score of 147 uh, golden eggs. And yes, I managed to go and snag up to the top five percent. So yes, I am part of the top five percent. <laughs> yes. I would say your your success is quite excellent. <laughs> <laughs> but that was also due with, with, with luck as well because like apparently the, the, the players i play with was they knew like yeah if there's eggs right around that basket you just like hold and shoot and press an a all the time and like i've seen people like get up to 170 which is like obviously those things are more are for um if you're playing with friends so yeah they, they know they're like lower, lower the bosses right next to the basket so they don't have to like waste time uh travel to and fro but yeah like so, but overall, this big big run is like. Well, I do appreciate the introduction of new the new stamina, the horror balls, and I hopefully by all means they will include the horror balls in the um, in the in the lineup in a normal salmon run. I do hope that the squid team like adds a maybe a bit more context or a bit add a bit more. I mean, yes, bring it to Inkblot Academy and all that. That that was good. Like bring it into new stages, bring new uh new um king salmonids. By all means, a, a definitely a good step up from the last uh, big run. But here is hoping that they continue to add more or just like 
I don't know, even shift like the different uh king salmonids or even add a third one just to at least have an odd number of three uh different king salmonids. So, but yeah, overall this big one definitely an improvement. So I'm I'm glad to have partaken of it. So yes, so are you done? Yes, yes, yes. I'm just about done. So overall, I'm, I'm happy with this segment, and here's hoping like we get the next topic for the Splatfest because God, I I want to get back to Splatfest. There you go. Yeah, I I regret not being able to do the Splatfest, but I was busy with work, and of course, Octopath Traveler too, which, as advertised, is absolutely taking up all of my time, uh, and taking plenty of time just to get through these bloody bloody paths. So <laughs> at the time of this recording, I have beaten two paths. I had beaten Partitios, and I had beaten Agnias, um, which ironically were the first two characters I've gotten in the game. So, and now I'm heading to Hikari to settle the score with my evil half-brother. So, overall, the game is still fantastic. I really do enjoy it. Um, I, I do hope that there is something waiting for me at the end of the eight paths, because they I remember they teased, some, they teased something at the end of the last trailer so we'll see where that goes mm-hmm. usually they do i mean if, if, if the first game was any uh hint of it yeah yeah well i don't i didn't partake in that because i, I it was it was a weird thing and they didn't make that clear that there was something else to do so we'll see how it goes here um i am very curious to see how some of these things go i will say that they definitely have surprised me with some of these stories and the twists that have gone on mm-hmm. um there were a few were like oh this is totally gonna happen and they don't do that at all i'm like oh okay um, I will say, and I don't mean this as a slight, I think this was kind of, I, I, I have a feeling this was intentional. Some of these characters are just way too pure. Ah, okay, okay. <laughs> like, think about it. Particio, as we talked about last week, is this merchant who wants to get rid of the curse that is poverty all over the world. And his villain is, like, the most corrupt businessman ever, willing to do anything to make a buck and to make sure that only the wealthy get the best stuff. Like, gee, I wonder who they're talking about here. Who? It's like it's not like we have a whole bunch of those people in our world that deserve to get knocked down a peg, you know. <laughs> and you you want to see someone like Perticio in our world so that you know the wealthy don't have it all and that the poor can get you know all the jobs they want and the money that they need and have a chance at a decent life. And then with Agnia, she her whole goal is just I want to dance and make people happy, and her rival is a dancer who has lost her way and cares only about the spotlight and making herself happy. And when you see Agnia, you know, lift these people's spirits up with a simple dance, you're like, oh, if we had someone like that in our lives, just to make everybody happier, to make them feel better about their day, you know, wouldn't life be great? And I love these characters, but I'm also thinking, like, aren't they, like, just a little too good? Uh, <laughs> like, that's the thing a about too ideal. I mean, with, with like the game, even like heck, even with um, I believe I believe uh, his name was Alphonse the Apothecary in the first game. That guy was was pure as heck. Like he wanted to help people regardless of their of their back of their uh, criminal background. And again, it co- nearly cost him his life. And like the fact that these characters, the, the characters that you, like, yes, I want to protect them with my life. If anything happens to them, I will protect them. And again, sadly, the world is cruel, but it's especially these kind of figures that you see that is so rare and so pure that like you want them to yeah. succeed. I mean, heck, like, I don't know, like, like Awada, Mr. Rogers, like I can name a few, Steve Irwin, those kind of people you want them to see more in the, in the world. So yeah, it, the, the story itself of Octopath is like, yeah, it's reminiscent. Like, yeah, I want them to succeed. Yes, want to see them through. I'm sorry, but now I'm just picturing Mr. Rogers and Mr. Awada talking to one another. 
That's quite a visual. Well, Mr. Iwata, I just want to say I really enjoy your your Nintendo products. They, they do such wonders for families. And then Iwata goes, Mr. Rogers, please understand. It is my goal to, you know, so on and so forth. Oh, the <laughs> happiness that could have been born. Oh, well. Anyway, the game, is, the game is great. I'm hovering in my review score right now. I'm, I'm not going to be reviewing it until I've beaten all the paths. Uh, as long as that may take. I am in the final stages for, for most of them right now. Um, so I'm hoping to beat it this weekend and have my review up this weekend. So do stay tuned. It is a great game. I do recommend it uh, for all you Switch owners out there. If you're looking for a deep RPG, this this is for you. And for, to be clear, there are plenty of dark moments in this Story, all right. The two that I beat were like the pure stories. I've got plenty of dark stories coming up. Not the least of which is a man who's lost his daughter, who's been brainwashed by his enemy, or a uh, apothecary who's having to deal with a literal plague doctor who rains down death from poison. Um, it's a lot. Mm. <laughs> Let me talk about Throne who killed her. Ah, uh, hers is definitely <laughs> the darkest one. Yeah, yeah. yeah so trust, there's plenty of darkness to offset these light people, but it's just like, oh, these light people are like so pure. So, oh well. But yeah, stay tuned for that. I hope to have that up this weekend. All right. And with that, we're going to head to the news because we have so much to talk about. So it's time to go down the war pipe. And first, a warning. One of the reasons I wanted to bring Faith onto this podcast was because of a certain opinion she has about a certain movie that we're about to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew that her beliefs and her faith her faith, ah ha ha, in a certain actor would balance the many of the things that we have uh, talked about. So, Faith, I want to start with you. A, did you watch the new Mario Brothers movie trailer? So, here's the thing. That's not an answer. <laughs> <laughs> this is a yes I... or no question. I watched about half of it. Okay. And here's my answer of why. Not because I am not faithful in the movie, but because my mom has this belief that you shouldn't watch movie trailers at all because they give away too much. And I agree. So uh So I agree. I've only watched, I think, the first two, and I haven't watched all of the the one that just came out, the final one, but I watched about half. So. Okay. So please regale the audience of uh, your current thoughts and hopes for the uh, Super Mario Brothers movie and, of course, Chris Pratt as Mario. I think it's going to be great. And that's not just my biased opinion. I think as a Mario movie, I think it looks like it's going to be really good. But honestly, I haven't... I don't honestly know how many Marvel... I mean, not Marvel. How many Mario movies there are out there. I think I only remember, like, the really old TV show back when I was a kid. That's, like, the only thing that I ever watched. Um, but I think it's going to be good for like what it is. Now I know that there is so much controversy with Chris Pratt's voice as Mario. And like me and my mom were talking about this the other day. It's like, yeah, he's not really doing an Italian accent, but from my perspective, what I wonder is if they're trying to do, obviously it's like a more modern movie, kind of. I mean, yeah, it's still like in the realm of Mario and, you know, all these wacky things that, you know, don't happen in the real world. But I feel like it's a more modern version to where I'm wondering if they're trying to water down the Italian accent of Mario, which, yeah, it is. You can't argue that. 
But at the same time, I feel like Chris Pratt can do it and pull it off. And as we've seen, and I don't I don't remember which trailer it was. The first one, we didn't really hear him talk at all. But I think it might have been the second one that we actually heard him do a little bit of an Italian accent. So I really don't know. I feel like I can't say much about it because I feel like we haven't gotten that much at the same time, you know? I agree with that. And... What you didn't see in the uh, the new trailer was there was more talking with Mario, albeit still not a lot. Not, yeah, not a lot. They're, they're really hiding as much as they can with the <laughs> voice. Which is fascinating, because, you know, with all the, and I'll get to this in a second, with all the, you know, ballooning they've been doing with the voice acting, and, you know, say like, oh, Chris Pratt's voice is perfect, and as we talked about last week, he's like the perfect everyman hero. You'd think they'd have him talk more. And so I can't help but wonder, do they know they screwed up, and they just don't want to show Mario talking a lot in this in these trailers? So... No. They just show more Bowser moments, which I mean, to be well, fair, I mean, Bowser moments are probably going to be the best. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so. totally agree. Everyone universally is fine with Jack Black as Bowser, and I loved it. Like, Bowser going, Goombas! Goombas! Whatever you guys are! Like, that's a Bowser thing. <laughs> you can't tell me that Bowser would not just, like, forget one of the names of his, of his children. Like, that's exactly who he is. So... So, yeah, the, the trailer, which I won't spoil too much, but it did show more of the action, it did show more of the plot, and it did show a uh, very disturbed Luma, which I have mixed feelings on. I'm sorry. I Lumas are not suicidal creatures, and yet this one is like, the only way you get out is for the sweet release of death. I'm like, uh-huh. From a Luma. From a Luma! <laughs> First of all, how did he get one, when they're always attached to Rosalina, basically. And two, why did he happen to get the one that does that? I'm sorry. Not sorry. Reese's Moving on. Uh, so the other thing I want to talk about is the directors, like, right before the, uh, the trailer job, they dropped some interviews, and they talked about their mindset, if you will, of doing certain things. And one of the things they talked about was the voice acting. And oh boy, did they have a quote. Okay. <clears throat> Quote. Sometimes in the animation community, people think that you can't use celebrities. But I think it's easy to forget that these are great performers and they've all proven themselves multiple times and created iconic characters. We cast them in the parts because we believe that they could bring these video game characters who really don't have much of a personality <laughs> to, to life and make them relatable and funny and heroic. Literally every single person in this movie is great. He continues. So, uh, Chris Pratt is great at playing at every man who's funny, but you can also buy it as a hero. Charlie Day is the perfect embodiment of what you think of as Luigi. And then you have Jack Black playing Bowser, and we decided to make that character scary. Okay, hold on. You decided to make the character scary? Just, just Bowser's decided. never been scary before, clearly. I mean, I, I'm talking about yeah. talking Bowser's Fury, Bowser. That was scary. Yeah, or, yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, or how about just like, or how about Super Mario Galaxy Bowser, where he's like strong enough to survive a black hole? Anyway, uh, where was I? Uh, oh yeah, but on the other side, Bowser is someone who's vulnerable and funny, and Jack is able to play both those parts and make it not seem like two different characters. It's sort of humbling working with this talent. End quote. Okay. Let's talk about the positive here. Yes, Jack Black is a talent. He's absolutely right. B, I can sort of understand what he's going for with the whole, some people think you can't hire celebrities to do voice acting. That is true to an extent because there are actors out there who just aren't good at voice acting. All right, A, a great example comes from the video game space. Remember when Destiny came out? 
Ah, yeah. Oh, the yeah, OG. Yeah. The, the OG Jet Destiny. <laughs> and in the game, you had that robotic companion that was played by uh, Peter Dinklage. Yep, yep, Ghost. And it was yeah. so yeah. bad that they recast him after the game came out to be Nolan North. Yep, 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 yep. So, I mean, Which, I mean Nolan North is an amazing character. Uh, he's an actor. He's, he is an actor, but he also does voice acting since, again, that uh, popped him up off Uncharted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah but, but the point I'm bringing here is that Peter Dinklage is an Emmy-winning actor. And he they put him in thinking, oh, he'll do fine. And he did horribly. They did horribly enough that they freaking recast him. The dude still got paid, so he's the winner here. <laughs> but... So, yes, there are some times when you shouldn't hire celebrities and put, you know, regular voice actors and there's vice versa. Uh, I loved Wreck-It Ralph. Like, I think I talked about that last week. Wreck-It Ralph is one of my favorite movies ever. And even though I personally don't like John C. Riley, Sarah Silverman, and Jane Lynch, they killed it in those roles. Yep, 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 yep. And they yeah, I agree. Yeah, they were the heart of that movie. And I can respect them for that movie because I know that they gave their best for that movie. With this, not so much. All right? The, the the Mario thing aside, I don't approve of Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. Yes, we've heard him say like a few lines. It's still weird. Anya Taylor-Joy, I think, is inspired for Peach, especially since we're getting this different, more confident version of Peach. Totally fine with that. Um, Toad, sure, fine. You know, have Keegan, Michael Key, why not? And Charlie Day, fine. <laughs> you heard more of him here in this trailer than the other ones, and I can kind of see it, but I, I don't know. Just still doesn't do it, because he doesn't sound Italian either. So... I don't. I don't agree with the line that they don't have. They didn't have any personality beforehand. I'm like, I'm sorry. Are we pl are we playing the r different Mario games? All right. Bowser has always been intimidating, powerful, smart. And then if you go to Paper Mario games, he's the bumbling idiot who somehow always ends up being the end boss, ex except when he's not. Um, <laughs> Peach is, you know, yes, she's not technically the most capable, except for in the Paper Mario games where she's totally capable. But she has absolute faith in people. She trusts in her friends like Mario and, and the stars and toads and all of them, and is always willing to help when needed, as proven in the Mario and Rabbit games. Yes, Luigi is a coward, but he's also a guy who will buck it up, suck it up, and go capture ghosts at a couple of different mansions and a hotel. And, and Mario is fearless, capable, always willing to help at a moment's notice, and of course, the greatest sports star in the history of ever. He does all the sports, and is an Olympic gold medalist. So... I'm pretty sure they have personality, dearest, <laughs> dearest directors. Yeah. And then in another interview, they also said they, they wanted to make a Mario experience that we haven't had yet and to give something that fans had never seen before. And I'm sorry, but isn't that why we have so many bad video game movies in the first place? <laughs> when you don't follow the source material and they go, hey, let's just make something new that kind of ties everything together. And to not spoil the new trailer for Faith, they did this action sequence in a certain level and does it look cool sure does it make sense that they're having a battle there no like the, the directors literally said oh we wanted to bring like the hardness of that course and show it in the movie i'm like but that doesn't make sense <laughs> i mean when i was looking at that trailer i can't help but one how many things they put up from all a car films like i i, I got the feeling up from fast and the furious to even mad max it's like yeah they kind of put it that in a mario was like yeah. okay some influence but really I, I mean there's a difference between i mean there's there's some there's something wrong with fanboying like if i like i want to make a, a certain dc comic show and i want to put as many references to all the shows that i watched growing up but i try and do it subtly 
while still maintaining the core of the film or sorry of the show. But with this, they literally have a Luma talking about death. First of all, Lumas don't talk. <laughs> Let's just be blunt here. Lumas don't talk, and this one's talking about dying. Ah, oh, it's nothing but the sweet release of death. <laughs> and, and before any of you say, well, wait a minute, the Lumas talked in the Mario and Rabbit sequel. No, that wasn't a Luma. That was a spark, which is a fusion of a spark. That's a rabbit, rabbit Luma. That's a rabbit <laughs> Luma. It's entirely different. Know your lore. <laughs> yeah. At this point, I feel compelled to check in on Faith because I'm sure she's very scared of me right now because I'm clearly ranting <laughs> about something that arguably should not be ranted about. And so she's seeing, I warned her this about, about this on the podcast, before the podcast too. I'm like, Faith, you're going to see an entirely different side of me tonight. You know, I, I am the host with the most and I will let my feelings be known. So be warned. And so I have to know, Faith, are we still friends? Yes. No, no. You So you remember how I was telling you, I'm like, the first article I ever read from you was like your review of Thor Love and Thunder. And I'm immediately like, okay, I do not know what to think of this guy. Yeah. Basically, I'm seeing that version of you again, but yes. it's fine. It's all good. It's cool. Good. I just I don't, I don't want to lose you, but I, I have to make sure. <laughs> no. Okay. All right. Uh, let's move on to the level five presentation. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, we're not going to talk about all of it because not all of it is really relevant to the switch, but I do want to talk about Professor Layton. I I yes. I. And I, Faith, I'm pretty sure you haven't played these games, right? Because you didn't have a DS, 3DS. Um, I had the DSi, but I didn't play it, so no. <laughs> Most people didn't. Moving on. Uh, <laughs> so we got a bunch of news about Professor Layton in the new world of Steam, and a lot of it will be very exciting for you, for you Layton faithful. First and foremost, the game takes place one year after the last official entry in the series, which was the Unwound Future. Unbound Future? No, it was Unwound Future. Uh, we will be reuniting with Luke Triton. And that'll be exciting. He invites uh, Professor Layton to Steam Bison America, which is totally a place. <laughs> I'm sorry. Steam Bison. Where's M Bison? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, th- that sounds like a place he create for himself. My psycho power knows no limits with this steam. So, yeah. But yes, Luke invites uh, Professor Layton to help solve a mystery that is going on there. And uh, since a year has passed, Luke has become Detective Luke within the city. And so we're having a little bit of a role reversal because no one knows who Professor Layton is, but everyone knows Luke. So that'll create some fun dynamics for sure. Uh, Furthermore, the puzzles in the game are actually going to help unlock the city. So it will grow as you do more puzzles. That's kind of cool. I like that. I really like that feature. Admittedly, I've only played a few of the Professor Layton games, including the Phoenix Wright crossover, but the puzzles are the game. Like, let's be honest here. Yeah, absolutely. It's about the puzzles. The characters in the story are great, and the mysteries are fun, but, like, it's about the puzzles. So, and uh, we we, we got to see, like, more of the visuals and the character art, and this looks like a really cool game. This will be a total day one buy for me. Um, Sadly... We do not have a release date, which a lot of people think means it might come out in 2024, which is sad, but since they like literally just announced it last month, not entirely surprised. Yeah, I don't think they just announce it and then release it. I mean, we're not shadow-dropping Professor Layton, right? <laughs> oh, to dream. Oh, oh, man, could you imagine? It's like, by the way, we, we heard you want more Professor Layton. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> 
I, okay, I just want to admit, between Metroid Prime and hi, uh, Remastered and Hi-Fi Rush, we are so spoiled right now. We're like, we want more Shadow Drops like this! And mm -hmm. then, uh, like, and of course, then we get delays like with Starfield and Suicide Squad, and it's just like, can we just have more Shadow Drops instead of delays? <laughs> <laughs> Those are more fun announcements. <laughs> yeah. What a world we live in. But uh, yeah, the game looks really cool. Um... There, there's going to be a lot of really great puzzles. They even hired a special team to make sure that all the puzzles were up to snuff, given the time it's been since the last century. So I'm, I'm excited, and if you're a Layton fan, you should be excited because it's it's going to be a good time. All right, next up, uh, I'll go lightly through this one. The Capcom presentation, we didn't really learn anything. Nothing really new anyways. No. Yeah, unfortunately. I mean, like aside from like obvious with the shadow dropping of the Resident Evil 4 remake demo, chainsaw demo, which I know a lot of people was enjoying, including our, our friend. Wait, is it really called the chainsaw demo? It, it was called chainsaw something, but I believe it was okay. that was called. So yeah. That's a choice. <laughs> of course, you gotta you gotta bring in that part, that famous moment in Resident Evil 4 into a demo, and of course they have that line of like, "Where's everybody going? Bingo." They have, yeah, they, that, that famous GameCube controller, remember? <laughs> uh, I never, a... I've never played Resident Evil 4. Uh, yeah, I haven't either. I'm not a horror guy, but even I am aware of like the, the fame of that game, how, how many times that game has been released. In. Oh, but yeah. 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 And, of course, and of course, Leon S. Kennedy is iconic. I, I, Absolutely. And, and of course, Actually, not so much. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, aside from that, from that, from that game, they also released like other information collects from Street Fighter Six. Uh, yeah, Street Fighter Six. Uh, also, we're going to Monster Hunter Rise, releasing on the other system, which we're releasing on, sometime in, in April. Okay, I don't say, say it correctly, Will. It's the Sunbreak DLC. Sunbreak DLC, yeah. Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak. Yeah, the game, the game is already released on Xbox and PS4 or PS4 Five, and then Windows proper. But the Sunbreak DLC, all the way up to Free Title Update Three will be coming out for those systems on April 28th. Um, yeah. And then there's going to be a digital presentation for free title update 5 for the Switch and Steam coming out in April at some time. So, so many dates. <laughs> yes. Okay. yes. yes. <laughs> yeah, also, I want to talk about the Street Fighter thing. They revealed more at the state of play than they did during the actual Copcom spotlight. <laughs> I mean, really? <laughs> That's yeah, kind I of mean. ironic. <laughs> I mean, hey, our big, hey, the state of play, we have three new announcements, including Cammy Zach, and look at that outfit. Doesn't she look great? Yeah, she does. And then, what do we have for this one? We have color commentator, and that's it. Okay. Yeah, pretty much color commentator, the next beta, and all that. Like, eh, yeah, it's just, it was kind of strange how this uh, Capcom presentation is. I mean, it is nice. They had other things, including, like, Ghost Trick, as well as, like, Exo Primal, which, yeah, Exo Primal, you had to go with the battle pass that you cap cup. You just had to go for the battle pass route. Ugh. It's Prince Money. Apparently. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah, you can watch it. It's, I guess, sort of worth the watch. But let's talk about something that is worth watching, ladies and gentlemen. The new story trailer for Bayonetta Origins. Hey. Uh, Faith, have you ever played the Bayonetta games? Actually, I haven't. Mainly that's because when I was growing up, I had friends that told me not to play them because apparently they didn't like them, and I listened to them. So now I'm going to play the new game because I'm actually going to review it, so I'm excited to get a first take on like the Bayonetta games and seeing if I like them now. Uh, if I may make a recommendation, definitely play the first two games. The first two games you'll definitely enjoy. The third game is heavily divisive. <laughs> Yeah. Okay, I'll have to play 
those two then. Yeah, you can get uh, all three mainline entries are on the Switch. But the most important thing to note here is that Bayonetta Origins, sorry, it's in Lost Demon, uh, does not play like the other three games. Like the other ones are can be defined as, you know, straight up super action titles, you know, spamming the buttons to get off attacks and blah, blah, blah. This one plays completely different. So you don't gauge this origin story as a perfect reflection of the other games. No, no, yeah, I know that. I, I think it honestly looks cool how the games differ, honestly, how they're doing the Origins versus the other ones, from what I've known. Because honestly, one of my best friends plays the third one, I think, that just came out. And watching him play it, I'm like, man, that's intense. And then you watch the trailers for, like, the Origins, and I'm like, this looks like the cozy little streamer games. You know what I'm talking true, about? True, uh -huh. true, true, true. Yeah. A lot of people feel that way. Basically. And I, in the, in the most recent trailer, we get to see more of the story and how Cereza gets into these situations and they're clearly going full fairy tale here we even have a freaking narrator yeah exactly i love it i'm just like uh, but Cereza won't be able to do this on her own like okay tell me more narrator tell me more so but yes we learn more about uh, the characters that we'll meet including a mysterious child that speaks to bayonetta through her dreams and offers to help her save her mother if they if they come into if she comes into avalon forest Surely nothing can go wrong with that. In the world of Bayonetta? No. no. And it is there we learn that uh, the enemies you will be fighting are fairies. Love it. Fight the fairies. Fight uh, the it, fairies. It, it works because, it, it, you know, it's Avalon Forest, the fairy tale. Why not? So, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested. And then uh, how and they, they heavily emphasize the relationship between Cereza and Cheshire, which is anything but, you know, nice. <laughs> Again with with the 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 banter between yeah young Cereza young Bayonetta and uh, Cheshire like why can't you behave like a good demon behave like a good demon yeah you have not learned what demons are yeah and, <laughs> and given what happens in Bayonetta two and three yeah that's clearly a lesson she had to learn the hard way anyway but I'm very excited like this story trailer I felt was really good it really gave it great insight into what the game is going to be like and i'm very excited for it i'll be reviewing this for the outer haven and um if i remember correctly as well there is also currently a demo for it as yes. well out on the eShop. yes so before we just had like a, a small playable teaser if you bought something within bayonetta 3 but now a full-on demo is available and if you get uh if you get it much like with say like octopath travelers or another games you can download your save data from it into the main game once you buy it so if you're curious, like Faith, about what the game is going to be like, play like, uh, go get the demo, and then the main game comes out on the 17th, so literally a week away. So, very exciting. All right, next up, let's talk about Daddy Sakurai. <laughs> yeah, because he, he revealed something very interesting about himself that, he, dang it, this man is adorable. I'm just saying... Uh, <laughs> He talked about in his grab his grab bag section of his creating games uh, series how he can't and won't play mobile games and uh, switch handheld mode games because of eye strain, um, and part of that is because of Kid Icarus Uprising. Oh. <laughs> he went. He's he said he's always been farsighted, but then after you know the years pass of him making games, including a lot of handheld games like Kid Icarus Uprising, he went to an eye doctor and found out that his eyesight had grown worse. Uh. Yeah, so his eyesight's like oh, he's like 20 over 10, which is not good, and he now has to have a customized setup 
for when he plays games. He has to have this screen a certain size and a certain distance away. And, you know, he, he makes it work. He does. And but he also missed, you know, he has to compensate for his issues. And, and then when he goes to bed, he has a device to let him do e-reading, a push of a button, and then he'll just go right to bed. And he goes, it works for me. Wow. <laughs> it works for me. Like, we all know that Sakurai pushes himself way too hard for these things. But now I have to worry about his eyesight failing. I'm like, Dang, <clears throat> Sakurai. stop killing yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Like Faith, would you like to share praise for Daddy Sakurai? I don't even know who that is. Right through the heart. Emotional damage. Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. You seriously don't know who Sakurai is? No. Sakurai is the man behind Smash Brothers. He's the guy who always does like the in-depth gameplays of the characters he's the guy who introduced smash brothers five years ago or smash brothers ultimate five years ago he's the guy behind the game wait so you're talking about an actual person and not like a character no that's yes. why i'm confused <laughs> his nickname is daddy sakurai oh okay okay yeah i know who you're talking about i don't believe you <laughs> <laughs> okay i semi know who you're talking about somebody that talks about smash bros and had a lot to do with the game okay go okay to, go to our our discord chat i will drop you a gif of sakurai and you will okay and you will understand who this man is okay and if not well it was nice knowing you, oh thank you sweet summer child yes very very sweet i like summer. his shirt who does uh, <laughs> no. Okay, long story short, he is he, first of all, he created okay, you love Kirby, right? Yes. He created Kirby. Oh, now I just look bad. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. He is he is a director, producer of video games. He's technically an independent contractor, but he has worked for Nintendo for decades. He's the man behind uh, the Kirby franchise, especially like the first er few entries. Then he worked on Super Smash Brothers and brought that to life. And now he's the director producer of that series, more or less. And he is just generally one of the greatest people in the gaming industry. <clears throat> okay, here yeah. here is my excuse. When I when I like something, I just hyper fixate on that, and it's like I don't want to know any of the background. I don't want to know how you made it. I don't want to know what went into making it. I just want to focus on it alone. <laughs> because it makes it feel more real. So that's why I never paid attention to any of that. So that's why you don't want to learn any more about my life. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no. I feel so cold. And, and I never said that I didn't want to learn more about your life. Yeah, you did. I mean, it's just like, you just literally said when I like something, I hyperfixate on it in your background. And like, and now that I think about it, what do you really know about me, Faith? I mean, outside of my distrust, distrust and like of Thor Love and Thunder. But, and Chris Pratt is Mario. You told me about your sister's rabbit. Oh, yeah, that did tell you about the rabbit. That's, uh, that's too long of a story. I don't want to tell it here, but let's just... <laughs> <laughs> well it did not go well for the rabbit. But, uh, no, I'm just joking, Faith. But it's just, it was just very funny how you described that. When I like something, I hyperfixate on it, and I never, I don't want to learn anything about the background. I just want to enjoy the look. Okay. <laughs> okay, then. But, yes. When we're talking about Daddy Sakurai, which we will talk about in the future, I guarantee it, we were talking about Masahiro Sakurai, one of the greatest <laughs> game creators of all time, and the father of Kirby. Okay. So, there you go. 
Now repent. <laughs> repent <laughs> at the altar of Sakurai. Forgive her. <laughs> forgive her, Daddy Sakurai. She knows not what she says. <laughs> ah, let's move on before this gets any worse. Okay. So let's talk about Star Fox, ladies and gentlemen. Because it's been 30 years since the original game came out. And to celebrate the 30th anniversary, we have found out the origins of the Star Fox team names. I don't know we, we needed to know the origins, but it's funny nonetheless. Because, honestly, they are kind of basic outside of Falco, so which is also part of the story. So Dylan Cuthbert, sorry if I butchered your name, uh, was a director and programmer for the series. And he revealed how he how he specifically came up with the names. Quote, so the characters of Star Fox, the design of them came from, I mean, the actual art came from Imarama-san, uh, who was one of the main 2D artists at the time of Nintendo. Uh, Miyamoto also gave directions to what kind of characters they were going to be in the game. And then they came to my desk. I'm not sure why they came to me, but maybe they wanted something good sounding in English for their names. And they had one design, one name already decided. That was Falco Lombardi. And the other three, they were like, well, this is a fox, this is a hare, you know, and this is a frog or a toad. Great details, guys. Love it. Love, love the character <laughs> depth there. And they said, well, what can we call it? And I looked at them, and I looked at the characters they'd drawn, these nice little sketches, and I said, well, okay, I think Fox needs to have a cool-sounding name, and he flies in a spacecraft, so McCloud sounds pretty cool. Let's call him McCloud. Time out. Clouds aren't in space! <laughs> He, he's he's flying a spacecraft. What do clouds have to do with that? There are no clouds in space. <laughs> Tell me I'm wrong. I mean, that is if you don't count McCloud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The only cloud in space is McCloud. And yes, I know they're technically dust clouds, but they're not really clouds. Anyway, uh, and for the other two, I kind of looked at them and I just kind of laughed because the names just came into my mind. I said, okay, we'll call this guy Slippy because he looks a bit slippery. And this guy looks old, but he looks like he's got a lot of energy. So let's call him Peppy. And that's where the names came from. And they stuck. End quote. I love this origin story. <laughs> Basic and understandable. <laughs> exactly. I mean, sometimes we, we wonder... You know, like where the names came from. Like, I like to know where they came up with Samus Aran. You know, uh, we know Mario was based off Mario Sigali, who was a key person to Nintendo. Uh, Faith Kirby was actually named after a lawyer that Nintendo hired to help them to defuse a Donkey Kong lawsuit. I saw that this week. Yeah. So they were so grateful to that guy whose name was Kirby that they named Kirby Kirby. Imagine having the name Kirby, though. My dad's nickname is Kirby. Really? Really. Carl hmm. Kirby Black. So, the more you know. See? More of my background for you to know. <laughs> you see? And, and I wanted to learn about it. <laughs> I will write my autobiography for you to read later. Uh, I hope you're ready for a couple thousand pages. And, and like. Turn it into an audiobook, please. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Chapter one. My origins. I was born a poor black child. And no. <laughs> Someone out there gets that reference, and I'm pretty sure it's not Scott. Uh, it's a Steve Martin movie. Look it up. But uh, so yeah, I love this origin story just because it's so simple and beautiful. Like this, these are the ones that make you smile. Oh, this is a frog. It looks slippery. Let's call him Slippy. Okay. Let's do that. Oh, this is a this is a rabbit that is old but acts like he's young. He's peppy. It's perfect. 
And I have no doubt that when he thought of McCloud, he probably was thinking about the cowboy detective. I'm sorry. McCloud, you know. <laughs> I can't tell if that's a sympathy laugh or not Scott, so I'll just roll with it for now. But seriously, I love this kind of origin story. Like, this is the stuff that makes me happy because it's like, we don't have to have a complicated origin. It's a slippery flog. frog. His name is Slippy. What do you want? It's a good name. <laughs> and no. it's a name that sticks. Yeah. And, and, and hey, yes, people hate the character because he's annoying sounding. But that doesn't mean the name is bad. That just means he sounds horrible. Like Chris <laughs> Pratt as Mario. Zing! <laughs> All right. Next up, we have an update about E3. So, as you all know by now, E3 is coming back this June. It'll be headed up by Reed Pop, who are the people behind many successful Comic-Cons, including one I love called C2E2. But Nintendo, Sony, and Xbox will not be there in any major capacity. Nintendo even said, I believe it was last week or week before, that they aren't going to go because it doesn't, quote, fit their plans. Okay. But today, the industry sign-up for the event happened, and in a statement made by Repop, they noted that, quote, AAA companies, in addition to indie darlings and tech and hardware firms, will be at the show. So, the question now is, which AAA companies and indie darlings? Darlings! Go ahead and mode on this. Darling! It means nothing, darling! Love Incredibles. But... Uh, we, we were talking about this before the show, and the obvious one is Ubisoft. Like Ubisoft has been the one that's said, like, if there is a show, we will be there. Yeah, I always imagine Ubisoft is there. I mean, they're usually always at E3. Yeah, but given what Ubisoft has done and not done this year, my question is, what do you have to show? Because, <laughs> like, you've delayed I... so many games, and you've blasted rabbits because it didn't sell well in December and January, even though it came out They're going to blast DLC. Probably, and there's Mario and Rabbids DLC they probably could show off at E3, because the second path is, pack is coming out in the summer. So, that works, I guess. But, aside from that, what are we thinking? I've heard rumors about Konami's going to try and come out gangbusters at E3. Like, try and dominate the show. That is That would surprise me. Because, again, with the reason, uh, again, they continue on with their train with uh, the uh, Silent Hill uh, 2 remake. I mean, they could possibly steal it, but again, I am not holding my breath because again, Konami's Konami and what they have that done. But so who knows? Who knows? I mean, I imagine they might also do another remaster because they've been doing a lot of those now too. Yeah, and so like with the, and then you also got the Silent Hill stuff. So that's big, and there's rumors about Metal Gear possibly coming back, which is. Difficult that will be about. interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they if they're gonna allow Revengeance two, which a lot of people want, ever since with the anniversary thing happened, then maybe they can steal it with that. But who knows? Yeah. So they have the potential because of all the announcements they did. Was it earlier in the year? Or was it last year? When did the, when did they announce all the Silent Hill stuff? Was that last year? I feel like maybe that yeah it was like in October September during the yeah fall yeah, season. That, that feels that feels right. So they do have the potential to make this work, but I don't know. We'll 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 see how it goes. But they definitely need to explain more about who's coming. They can't just say, "Hey, I got you know we got AAA companies and indie darlings." Like who? Like, make, right. <laughs> make us excited. Give us names. 
I don't think that's too much to ask for, except when it is, apparently. So, I, I guess. Uh, <laughs> we'll find out. All right, next up. Okay, this one I know uh, Faith and I were talking about. Uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet has a very interesting glitch going on. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Apparently, there are ways that you can lose your save data. Goodbye. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I remember this. Yeah. I had so much anxiety when I saw it the first time. Yeah, thankfully I'm not playing Pokemon, so I have absolutely no chance. To... <laughs> so the worst. If part you never it... log into your save stop, you're not gonna delete it. <laughs> exactly. It's like a thing. I can't lose my data if I don't update my data. It's right there, baby. So yeah. <laughs> so apparently, this was because of the recent update we got with version 1.2. And to be clear, this is not, not an OT, not happening with everyone in the game. So there is a chance it will not affect you once you uh, download the version and play it. However, a, a group of people, not an insignificant amount, have been dealing with this glitch. What's more, it's not clear why it's happening. Some is it, some have it just because the update happened and the, the file got corrupted. Other times they connected uh the game to the mobile title pokemon go which was recently allowed because of the update and that caused a corruption and apparently nintendo has not been that helpful in trying to fix this they, they literally said why don't you you need to wait okay I, I kid you not they said you need to wait for pokemon home to be available and then you transfer your pokemon to it and how then do you... delete your save file. No, but how, no, but how, do you, how do you transfer the Pokemon if you can't activate or you can't get into the game because of the corrupted save data? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like a skill issue. No. <laughs> it sounds like a you problem, dear sir. That sounds like a you problem. So, all I'm saying is that uh, do be careful if you have been playing Pokemon Scarlet and Violet recently. Uh, if you get the update or you try to connect stuff or you do something beyond just regularly playing the game, you might be a problem. You might, be, you might have some problems going your way. As for me, I'm not playing it right now, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> uh, I don't but even imagine... have the game, so I don't have to worry about it. <laughs> but like, Shame. imagine if oh, you're... Let Faith talk. <laughs> but like, imagine if you're somebody that has completed their, like, collected all the Pokemon and have multiple shinies and, like, you know, dedicated their life to this. Imagine. Oh, that would be pain unimaginable. Say, there's probably more than a few. <laughs> I, I also want to note that they've somehow dedicated their life to a game that's been out for like six months. But still. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I mean, I'm sure there's someone out there like, I, I bow at the holy altar that is Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. I don't care about the glitches. This game is my life. Just saying, there are people. Oh, there are people. There are. I mean, Pokemon maniacs are out there. Yeah. <laughs> or then they have so much anxiety that they can't play it now to try and protect their game that they're going through withdrawal. Uh, That's me right now. <laughs> just make a new account. New no. <laughs> start over. But I don't want to start over. You will start over. Uh oh, I, I forgot to mention this on what have you been playing. I have been enjoying the latest episodes of Pokemon Ultimate Journeys on Netflix. Mm -mm -mm. And Within the batch, the six episodes that I watched uh, last Saturday, I experienced what might be the greatest two-part episode uh, arc in the history of the show. Ooh. I would even argue that one, one of those episodes, the first part of it, is one of the greatest Pokemon episodes of all time. All right? 
it's this kind of episode, I'll explain it in a bit, that gives me, pardon pun, faith in animation and proof that we are not regressing as far as I had feared. We are still regressing when it comes to animation and its quality, but this episode like moved me in, in a deep and spiritual way. So the episode in question was Ash and Co. go to the Crown Tundra. And you're like, okay, we're going to have a nice little interesting adventure there. But then they pull a swerve, and they go to Lily. Lily from Alola, who, along with her mother, Lusamine, and her brother, Gladion, are searching for their lost uh, family member, Lily's father, who, in the games, is actually the head of the Pokemon Islands you go to, if you recall. But in the anime, he's just straight up lost. He went through an ultra wormhole and was lost uh, for years and years and years. After getting Magurna, the Pokemon, back uh, to a functioning form, they started following a trail. It's been like leading them for months until they make it to the Crown Tundra. They find the dad. He's lost his memory. Okay, classic, oh. classic anime trope. Or mm -hmm. is it? Because they find out that he's been in this little shack in the Crown Tundra for basically, they imply, about a decade. And he's been kept company by an Ultra Beast, which is not a good thing. Because Ultra Beasts are evil. Or are they? <laughs> we find out that this Ultra Beast actually saved the dad. And to keep him happy, he, it actually mimicked Lily in terms of look. Like it, it did like psychic powers and tricked the father into thinking that he was with his daughter the whole time. So he would be happy. And because he can't remember everything, Lusamine and Lily and Gladion are like heartbroken. Like we need to figure out how to get our father's memory back. We've got to figure out what, why this Ultra Beast is doing to our dad. And when he finally gets his memory back and he goes to Lusamine and s says her name, who he, her name was not said the whole episode, and so by saying his name, her name, he, re he proves he has his memory back, she breaks down crying. This woman who is like, you know, the, the head of a company, st super strong woman, she breaks down crying because she finally has her husband back. And it's like one of the most, you know, heart-wrenching moments ever. And they all hug and it's a beautiful moment. And then they, they welcome the Ultra Beast in their family because they realize that it actually did good for the last decade and helping the father live and whatever and be happy. And it's just like, this is beautiful stuff, ladies and gentlemen. This is the kind of storytelling I adore. It's meaningful. It was a great payoff to an arc. And they could have taken it to a thousand different directions to, to make it, you know, comedic and, you know, good for the kids. But no, they did the right path and they made it a story that is meaningful, that everyone can enjoy, and it has deep values. And I'm like, why can't every episode be something like this? <laughs> why? <laughs> ah. Because then you wouldn't appreciate the good episodes. That is actually an excellent point, because we need to have some balance. And I don't mind fun episodes. There's been plenty of great battles in this, uh, this batch of episodes. And then the second one, we get a great showcasing of Ash and Alola, where everyone's supporting him, because he's not just Ash, he's their champion. He's the first champion of Alola. They want to support him as he goes to the Masters 8. It's great stuff. So yeah, great two-part arc. And if I was to want to show like quality animation of storytelling and look and feel and tone, these are the episodes I would show, because just so good. And I will miss it when these episodes are gone, so I will be in withdrawal. And I, I am sad. Like, seriously, we're almost out of time with Ash, and I'm hearing, like, all the episodes are going out in Japan, like, all the reunions he's doing, and I'm like, it's like, we're almost over! No! Ash! I've, I've been with you for 25 years! What am I supposed to do without you? Watch another show? What? 
You gotta start watching Digimon. No. <laughs> watch it. I do watch Digimon. Or I did watch Digimon. First four seasons, epic. All right. Fifth season, fine, but for whatever reason, it didn't finish, and so yada yada yada. But and I didn't watch Try or Evolution. So, but yeah, great episodes. If you haven't watched Ultimate Journeys, again, uh, they're back on Netflix. So check it out. All right, a quick one next. We have Metroid Fusion, ladies and gentlemen. One of the greatest Metroid games of all time, bar none. Um, it is officially available on the Nintendo Switch Online Expansion Pack. Sorry, Expansion Pack. So if you've never played this GBA classic, you definitely should. It is actually technically a prequel to Dread because a lot of the things that are set up in Fusion, like with the X-Parasite, the fusion suit and more are expanded upon in Metroid Dread. So, and this was the people forget that this game and Metroid Prime literally came out within days of each other. Yep, 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 yep. I remember. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, this was a very rare full court blitz from Nintendo where they're like, okay, we need to show people that this franchise is still good because it had been <laughs> torment because of the N64 era where it had no games outside of Samus and Smash Brothers. And, yeah. And so they go, how can we make people understand this this is great let's make two different games 2d and 3d and release them on two different consoles that basically two days from each other perfect and both were fire oh they so were <laughs> they so were like i personally i know this is slightly controversial i prefer fusion to prime because i've actually beaten fusion <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I got to a wall in uh prime this was before i did like guides and you know walkthroughs and such and so i got stuck and i couldn't read it so i stopped playing i beat fusion I beat that game. <laughs> okay. So, but yes, it's on Nintendo Switch Online expansion pack. Uh, Faith, do you have the Switch Online expansion pack? I do, and now you're making me want to play Metroid. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've never played one, and I've been wanting to buy them, but I'm like, it's a lot of money for a game. I don't know if I'm gonna like. Well, there you go. Uh, this one well, there now you can just play Fusion, and plus even have the original games on the uh, the original um first the. S I think the SNES, yeah. The original was NES and Super NES. Metroid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. NES. So yes, there are multiple Metroid games to try there. Um, I recommend just you don't have to play the originals to understand the story. They they make it so it's pretty much you can jump in and they give you a recap. So I recommend going right into Fusion, just having some fun there, see what it's like. And then if you yeah. like it, get Metroid Dread, because Dread is incredible. Okay, I'm gonna do that after this podcast. See? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. We have accomplished something. <laughs> we are making Faith get into Metroid. All right. Also, did you guys see that honest trailer for Metroid Prime? Oh, my oh God. I saw. Uh, yeah, I saw. Yes. I saw, I saw. So brutal. Like, he was like damaging the game, and I'm like, why? Why would you do that? To be fair, That's their like, MO. It, it, it is a, a very data game, but it, while it is great in terms of game design, it is still also like. Yeah, it's not at what people would would imagine it would be. I mean, again, not everybody wants to see it through Metro Prime lens eyes. Yeah. Heathen, moving on. <laughs> uh, and finally, uh, Fire Emblem Engage released its third wave of DLC recently. That is the one where you can get Chrom, Robin, and Veronica from Fire Emblem Heroes. So if you are looking for even more Emblem Rings to have, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> not gonna lie having so much of the dlc already <laughs> yeah it's hard to keep track of everything <laughs> the game's only been out two months and we already have like what 
nine extra heroes or something like that. Yeah, well, you only have like 12 units, and now you can have nine of them be used DLC. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and also, I forgot to mention as well during in the heroes as well, because like apparently, yeah, the winner of the the voting gauntlet is indeed the Demon Lord for Tismo. So make yeah. sure to log in to grab your free Demon Lord. <laughs> yeah, I, d I picked the Demon King. I was just like, this gaunt voting gauntlet sucks. There's no character I really like. Let's go full tilt. I'm rooting for the evil guy. And you know who won? The evil guy. <laughs> Sometimes rooting for a dark god works. Who knew? Get into darkness. And I just got to appreciate again that like the, the more or less the literal fan service with Veronica's uh, summon uh, emblem ring. Like, yes, summon another uh, character. Five star. What the full animation of Fire Emblem Heroes in this in engage? Just like, will it be luckier and engage than I will be in Heroes? <laughs> probably, probably. I'm just I'm just saying you you haven't been around long enough to know this, uh, Faith, but. We were here when Fire Emblem uh, Heroes launched, and so me, Will, and our Tyler, our former co-host, former co-host Tyler, former stupid song fan, um, <laughs> he he, we would do actual like live summoning sessions to see what we would get, and for like the first few months of the game, the Will and Tyler were grabbing five stars out the wazoo. They were getting all of them, and I just couldn't get one. And I will forever remember my first five star was Takumi, and. It was just like, it's a beautiful thing. And they're like, oh, that's great. Oh, look, I got another five star. I'm like, Why? <laughs> <laughs> and, and to be clear, they were partially cheating because they were making what I like to call the blood sacrifice, where they would spend lots of money on it. <laughs> Thankfully, they weaned themselves off of that after like $10,000. But no. Only. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't that bad, I promise. It was only, only 5000 Anyway. Um, but even now, Will will get like the greatest luck. I'll get occasional good luck with my five star grabs but then we'll be like oh yeah i did this like one summon session i got like three five stars yeah so it, it, it's a it's a thing so yes your your luck in engage is gonna be better than than in heroes that's just a fact <laughs> all right and now to our main event and ladies and gentlemen I actually forgot this last week, so I do apologize, but we did have an important topic to discuss with the Splatoon DLC. But last Friday, on the 3rd, was the official 6th anniversary of the Nintendo Switch. Yes, it's been 6 years since that console came out and changed the world, mm. and changed our the future outlook of Nintendo, thank God. <laughs> and Iwata, but mainly God. Um, <laughs> God and Iwata. Um, so, I feel it's only appropriate that we take a look at the Switch over the last six years, talk about its highs, talk about its lows, and what we feel its future is in an intent discussion. All right, so I'm actually going to start this off with Faith, because I know of the four of us now uh faith has had to switch the least okay 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 so faith what would you say are your favorite memories with the switch oh 
Oh, that's a hard one. Even though I got my first Switch, this is the thing. I did what everybody else did. I got my Switch during quarantine to play Animal Crossing. Ah, yeah. okay. Oh, okay. Yes! Okay. Yeah, that's exactly what happened. Nintendo and... caused the pandemic just for this. <laughs> I, yeah, that is, our, that is our conspiracy theory on the show, that Nintendo caused the pandemic right before Animal Crossing so that everyone will be forced to play it, and that game's got like $40 million in sales. Prove me wrong. <laughs> yeah, because I remember not only did I do that, but then I talked one of my other friends into buying a Switch just to play <laughs> Animal Crossing. So it was this whole full circle moment. But one of my favorite memories, probably, like obviously memories keep going longer I play the console, but I just remember um, I had two friends at the time that were like obsessed with Animal Crossing and have loved it like since the franchise started. Like they've had every console possible just to play Animal Crossing. Like that was the thing. And so my friend had like always wanted me to play the game with her. And I'm like, well, I don't have the console. I can't, whatnot. And, you know, she hated the mobile game. So we couldn't even play the mobile game together. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the one Animal Crossing game that she didn't like. So when I finally got my Switch, we both like sat down and played it. And that was just like one of my favorite moments because it's like everything is so customizable in the game and i feel like back when i was like playing ds games i feel like so much wasn't as customizable versus versus going from playing like the ds to playing the switch it's like so much customizable in these games and especially in animal crossing and that was just one of my favorite moments because i remember just going into this is what really gets me i went into like the little clothing shop and they have this purple little cat-eared hat that was my favorite item, and that's still my favorite item to this day. And just that memory right there is one of my favorites, probably. Mm, Sable and, and yeah, Maple and Sable. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good moment. You know, I, I Animal Crossing is one of the few Nintendo franchises I never got into. Um, that and Pikmin. Um, it's yeah, a- I recently just got into Pikmin as well. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. And she's already called dibs on Pikmin 4 for the Outer Haven. So I, was like, I did. Really? Wow. Did. Does anyone actually want to cover that between the three of us? No. I don't think so. I, I told so. you that. I'm like, no, I don't think any of us called it. So, I, mean, I still got to finish up Pikmin 3 on the Wii U, and I got to get that red thing ready as well. There you go. <laughs> but, no, that's a good memory. And I, I never played Animal Crossing or Pikmin, but I know people who, like, I had a friend named Cho, uh, co- co- former co-host here at Crom Show, she she loved Animal Crossing. Like she had New Leaf, she couldn't put it down. She played it for years, and I remember her talking about uh, New Horizons and the excitement for that. And the fact that and then uh, during the pandemic, my timeline on Twitter was like full of people playing Animal Crossing and showing me their islands. Everyone yes. and their moms were basically playing that game. Yes. Yeah. And me, then I resisted Nintendo's ploy. And then you have the whole update. I think it was like a year later where they released it where you could like make food and then you had like the Happy Homes DLC. Everything blew up again. The Happy Home Designer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. No, Nintendo just, to be blunt, they just crushed it. They crushed it with this, with that game. And it definitely, um, you know, blew people away. Yeah, One thing I do feel like, I do feel like they dropped it too fast. And that makes me wonder if they're like planning something else already or if they're just taking a break from it. I think this most likely they're just probably taking a break because Animal Crossing itself, like they, they got already something very good as it is. Even with the, 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 the quote unquote final legacy of the Happy Home Designer. And with all, like, of course, you could play the same this game for over 
a year, a little life year, and still will get tired of it, be it customization or, or meeting the new villagers or whatever it may be. So, I mean, Animal Crossing is a series that they they don't want to rush things. I feel like like they they they, they will definitely put put in the ideas like what to do for the next game if they ever decide to make the next they game. They want to anyway. take it slow, just like Animal Crossing. <laughs> true. true, true, that's very true. That's very true. That's a good one. Any other uh, fond memories of the Switch, babe? Mm, you know, this this might this might shock a lot of people because I didn't start playing Minecraft until I got my Switch. Oh. So I'm like, I'm trying to think how old I was back in 2020. I was like 17, maybe. I don't really remember. You know, who does math anymore? <laughs> um, <laughs> math. And I work. And that was like the first three games I got was more it was Mario Kart. Animal Crossing and Minecraft, and Minecraft was probably that's when my addiction started. Because then mm. after that, I started like my first world, and like my goal for this world, and I still do this too, is like taking this one singular world and just keep building it up until it's like massive. And at this point, I've been working on it for like what three years now, and it's like so massive. And just every time I load into the world, I'm just like, look at all of this that I've done. I remember <laughs> when I built this. I remember when I built this. I remember pulling an all nighter and doing this <laughs> uh, oh jeez i mean that's one thing I, I gotta give respect to anybody who plays minecraft like they even make these like even if it be in a custom server or on the home console they make these like amazing stuff like like pictures like personally for me like and like uh uh, apologies for going a bit wemo for a sec, but basically when I go and see how live uh, like VTubers going make going into Minecraft making these like cr crazy art creations like like uh Faith, you seen like these art creations where they use materials to make like giant uh, sculptures or pictures, right? You seen those yes, things? Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I seen like like recently with like I don't know um a VTuber I've seen a uh, case on uh make a big uh. Like a pixel uh, art of herself within Minecraft, which is like uh, amazing. Uh, like anybody who makes pixel art in Minecraft is just like it's 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 just crazy. It's crazy. So yeah, oh, nothing but props to to you Minecraft players. All right. Also, I don't play Minecraft, so yeah. <laughs> Yeah, one thing you'll learn about me is like all of my Switch games are like cozy games, and then all of my like hardcore games are all like on my PC. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Like, cozy games are good. Cozy games are good. They have a place here. <laughs> I, I, in, thanks to Cooper Keys, I have a PC that I can actually enjoy PC games again. So I'm trying to expand the titles that I play on there. And then most Nintendo titles or other titles I play on the Switch, like Persona 5. So, and. That was so worth it. Oh, yeah, you, you missed that, too. 110 <laughs> hours, Faith. That's how much I put into Persona 5. Bro, yeah. I believe it. I believe it. it Those are some rookie numbers. No, <laughs> yeah. Oh, and I also didn't min-max my stats like Scott told me, which I didn't even know was a thing until I almost didn't beat the final boss. So, so some, some of you are just, like, wrong. And how you handle things okay i'm just i'm just saying like oh you have to min max this so you can one shot enemies i'm like i'm sorry when did that get taught to me in the game right. i'm just i'm just saying all right uh scott how about you what are some of your favorite memories of the switch over the last six years my i mean i'm just gonna go with my favorite well i have a few favorite memories but my absolute favorite memory was the smash reveal for sora that was great oh, that was God. by far like the biggest 
moment of I need this DLC right now. <laughs> and that was also when I started playing Smash again because I was kind of at that time that was like almost like a year or two without even playing Smash. I just play it like casually when you just like, you know, I have like four friends over and you're like, what game do you want to play? And it's just like between Mario Kart or Smash and it's generally Smash. <laughs> yeah. Everyone remembers where they were when Sora got announced because it was just like the greatest day. It was the greatest day for my life. <laughs> well, it, it, it can only go downhill from there. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll add to that because uh, five years ago the other day was the announcement trailer for Smash Ultimate. We didn't know it was called Smash Ultimate at the time. Yep. But it was the Splatoon uh reveal. Teaser, yeah, yeah, yeah. Splatoon teaser that led to the Smash Brothers reveal. And like looking back at that, they did such a good job of not making that sound like a Smash Brothers trailer. Yes. It was just like, oh it's Splatoon again. Like, okay, what's the, you know, we're getting another new game. Is this another DLC? And then all of a sudden the room goes dark and there's the fiery logo and we're like, oh my god. <laughs> That's all they did! That's all they did! <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that was five years ago. Like, my gosh. Yeah, and and do, will do you remember the the debate that you, me, and Tyler had after that trailer? Oh, man, it's been so long, but I think I recall the memories. <laughs> it was basically, is this a port or is this a new game? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was yeah, the because at the time the, the Switch yeah. had so many. Yeah, that's true. And everyone was like, is this a port or is this a new game? Because it was not clear. I mean, the, the biggest clue was that we saw Breath of the Wild Link. But that doesn't mean anything. That could just be an updated skin. We didn't know. And, okay, we have one DLC character. Well, you had you had multiple DLC or Sorry, one new character. You had DLC characters for the first time in Wii U. So for all we knew, it was just a port with Splatoon as their you know, pre-order bonus. Kind of like a piranha plant. So... It was such a debate, and we went like months thinking, you know, it might be a port. And then Smash, and then Sakurai, Daddy Sakurai, Faith, <laughs> the man behind Smash Brothers, Faith, he came out and said, "No, this is a new game, and everyone is here." Yeah, so that trailer just like showing <laughs> literally <laughs> everyone, like class. We got our boy Roy Whoa. back. I forgot about that. And, like <laughs> everybody and Mega Man. Like, yep. Yeah. Oh, memories, memories. <laughs> For me, yeah. my biggest I, I don't I don't think I have a biggest one. Because the way I like to look at the Switch is it's always about what's the next game. <laughs> and is it going to be as good as I hope it is? Because you know, we started out with what? We started out with Breath of the Wild. Then I got Mario Kart 8 Deluxe because you need something else to play. <laughs> like you can't just play Breath of the Wild forever. I mean some people do. Some people have. Some people have. Some <laughs> people have and they do. They have spent. This is this is known. Um you know, then it was arms. Then it was Splatoon. Then it was let's see what was next. Uh, uh, Fire Emblem Warriors. Then it was Mario Odyssey. Then it was uh, Xenoblade Chronicles Two. And then it was just like on and on and on from there. It was like you know what's the next game? What's my next experience? What's the next fun thing? <laughs> and I always enjoy like the lead up, the hype, you know. <laughs> and when it when it delivers, like I it has like so many times. I wonder, okay. What's what's my next fun experience? Like for this like for this year, I started out with Fire Emblem Engage and it was great. And I'm playing Octopath Traveler 2 and it's great. And I'm looking forward to Cereza or sorry, Bayonetta Origins, and I hope that it'll be great. And then of course we got Tears of the Kingdom, which we all know is gonna suck. Alright. <laughs> <laughs> it's got delayed too much. You're dang right it's got delayed too much. We 
delays are never a good thing. You rush the game out and hope for the best. <laughs> exactly. If Cyberpunk 2077 has taught us anything, it's that. That's exactly. It worked for Cyberpunk. I don't care that it took two years to actually be playable. It worked, and it got extra sales. <laughs> it even got a Netflix show. You dang right. And it won the quote-unquote anime awards. It that it did. What the heck? Yeah. So clearly they know what they're doing. <laughs> And then they made a bunch of Witcher, you know, announcements just to please people. So, you know, clearly good things came out of that launch announcement. So, I, I, I just, I always look forward to what's next. And for six years, for six solid years, I've had so many games that have made me happy. Zeldas, the Marios, two Splatoon games, multiple Fire Emblem games, uh, Octopath Traveler, Triangle Strategy, Persona 5 Royal. Thankfully, we finally got that on Switch! And even near Automata, which they yeah. brought back, is like, yeah, that's one thing I've actually want to yeah, compliment, add on to your your, your point, is like, the, the as like when the Switch released it, again, we, we remember the time, Todd, with and Tyler, that everyone was trying to pre-order this thing. Like, again, it's sold out, and we managed to snag our pre-orders. And heck, I was one of the, the lucky few who actually went to a Nintendo Switch uh, preview event before its major release, and like, I actually got to test out uh, One Two Switch, uh, like the, the Sky game ports, like all, all these seven uh, games that was planning to come out, including the Splatoon Three and Breath of the Wild, and like th that, as, as I said, Todd, like those beginning years, those were probably one of the best years of Nintendo in a long time. Uh, the 2017 like, lineup is like easily like one of the best, if not the best. I mean, 2020 was, was stacked. Twenty twenty was just as stacked. But those had that had Mario and Zelda Game of the Year titles in the same year, like not even ten. They were ten months apart from one another, give or take. No, no actually, it was like seven. Anyway, uh, math. Well, how User disconnected from your channel. <laughs> uh oh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry to say we have lost faith. Yes, we have lost faith in Nintendo. <laughs> it only took us six years. <laughs> no. Uh, I, I think she had she had to go. She warned me that this might happen. But uh, sh hopefully she'll be back next week or the week after. We'll know. Mm -mm -mm. But, but, but yeah. First, just in case. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. And yeah, like because that kind of leads me to my uh, my next thought. It's like yeah, with these with the f first few years of Switch and now. As we head into the, we we passed the sixth and now head to the seventh year. Like th this is a uh, shout out to Arlo here, but basically saying like, do you think the Switch hype has now officially died down or even died? Because like, and now we are heading to the seventh year now, and with this year, I mean, yes, we there's still great games coming up like Cereza, Tears of the Kingdom, and all that. But do do you think that initial hype for the Switch that Carrington has officially passed? Um. I think it has just for a very basic reason. At this point, if you don't have a Switch, you're either unable to financially or you're just a hater. Mm, right, right, right. The, the reason I say that is that think about the cycle we've gone through. In 2017, Nintendo was on its last legs. Like, yes, the Switch had hype, but even Nintendo was like, we'll be lucky if we sell two million in the first month. And they sold it in like the first week. All right, they, they were selling out. It was the Wii epidemic all over again, where it was like, we don't have enough to stock the shelves. We got to keep cranking out more. And then it was just like, you know, every year was, you know, what's the lineup? What's the lineup? What's the lineup? And now here we are in 2023. And yes, we still have big games coming out like Tears of the Kingdom, but we know we're getting to the end. And even though that, that someone like, say, a Faith could come in like in 2023 and have this massive lineup of titles to play, 
it's not the same as oh the switch is out oh, we need, i need to get a switch now it's okay the switch <laughs> has been out for a while i might as well get it now and enjoy the game before the next one comes out so the hype for the games is still there absolutely but the switch system as it, as it stands it's sold what it's needed to to prove its point it's the third highest selling console of all time or sorry, mm-hmm. system of all time when you include the handhelds so it's done its job so everything else now is just gravy which gravy sucks but still it's it's <laughs> i like gravy oh, shut up. <laughs> uh but yeah right 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 so as i said like i'm just glad like the nintendo had definitely find its footing back again after the wii u days so and that but and just to add to it as well because like like with the rumors of it all, and of course, naturally with the current problems, as is uh, be it the basic criticisms against Nintendo, all of with its online infrastructure, the Joy-Con drift, and of course, naturally just basic power output from the Switch, even with the recent OLED model. Like aside from those criticisms, yes, Nintendo has definitely has found its footing, which I'm so happy for. And just and steering the topic back to like my memories of Nintendo, Nintendo Switch is just like yeah, just. The fact that this system has been with us for so long, like from great titles and just what it can do and contribute to the game industry. Like I still back in the days when um yeah, when Reggie Fisum was still president, like he like when he advertised that thing in, on the Jimmy Fallon show, and of course, like naturally we see all these different preview events. It's just like, yeah, you feel like this was something special. Like you know that, yeah, Zelda Breath of the Wild just was just a, a title. You it's a must have. Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, and co- of course, a natural racing game you gotta have in, in your library. And of course, Mario Odyssey, by far one of the best Mario games ever. And just like it just had a put a smile on my face more or less the entire time, including with a jump up superstar. It was just like, yeah, those like you knew they stroke something. They had something in this in the system. And now, as we head to the seventh month, the seventh year of Nintendo Switch, like one, of course, naturally there is that the basic criticisms, as as I said before, like will there be a Switch Pro, as as many people clamored, or fix the Joy-Con drift, or and so and so forth. But I just want to really just keep on holding this Switch because, again. As of, at the moment, right? Aside from the Steam Deck, yes, which is much more powerful, can run it much more better, better output, yada yada yada, spec wise and all that. There's just nothing else like the Switch. And if there's anything that's only like Switch exclusive, then yes, you will get it for the Switch. And just, I really do hope that more like as N- Nintendo as well as the third parties continue to make such great products for this thing as much as they can. I mean, heck, if, if we can reach to a 10-year anniversary for Nintendo Switch, then by all means, I think that is a good stopping point to, like, yeah, move on to Nintendo's next system. So, yeah, those are my... That's what I enjoy about Nintendo Switch. Yeah. Uh, it's Again, we're definitely heading towards the end times, and, you know, with all these rumors about, you know, what our... Uh, what how many big games are left it's it's unclear because obviously the big game for this year is tears of the kingdom which is fine like no one's gonna no one's gonna complain about that unless it actually does suck and let's all pray it doesn't all right (laughs) i mean you never know until you know but but still the switch's legacy i feel is going to be there is no way it's going to be looked on poorly it has some of the best games it has some of the um it's 
easily like one of the best systems ever made because of the portability of it. I <laughs> only play in handheld mode, as I've noted on this podcast multiple times. Uh, and I love that, and I, and I can't go back from that. This, the PC is different because I'm sitting in a chair like right in front of my screen. But I enjoy playing it in handheld mode, and I want nothing more than to keep you know, having fun with my Switch as long as possible. And hopefully whatever the next one is, they build upon what the Switch did and expand it and make an even better system, like you know, better graphics, better memory, better uh, battery life, please. You know, the, the, these things that we all can hope for. And that that's the big question for me is not, you know, what happens next with the Switch is that will they do what they need to to make the next console better than the Switch, even more epic than the Switch? I don't know if they will, but we shall have to wait and see. So. Eh. Yeah, yeah, pretty much, pretty much. I mean, <laughs> if anything, like... I just hope that Nintendo takes this lesson that, yeah, one, obviously, listen to your fans, all that, listen to, like, the feedback, and, like, obviously, they won't, probably unlikely, they will have that same success with, with their next console, like the Switch, because, again, there won't be anything like the Switch ever until, like, I don't know, the next um, successor of it. But here's hoping that Nintendo does take take lessons like what to do and what not to do. I mean, again, they had their shame of six, GameCube, Wii U, uh, and they also had their share tale of victories. So l- let it be known that this, that the Nintendo Switch is indeed one of the systems that they sh- should really focus on and like use that as a blueprint for their next console. Yeah. And obviously there are some things that Nintendo still can do better. That's just the way it is. I mean, I there I still feel that they missed some opportunities with the Switch in terms of the games that they released or did not release. Like I don't know, uh, Golden Sun, Donkey Kong, like not, a new Donkey Kong, not a port, a new Donkey Kong. Where's my Star Fox? Right. Oh, I like bringing another. I'll, I'll revamp eShop again. You're the fact that you're closing down the Nintendo 3DS and Wii U eShop no. with the great music, which was. <laughs> highlight of it all like no come on revamp it please yeah and again for the love of all that's holy where's my xenoblade chronicles export please you had no reason not to do that okay we have every other one on switch except for that one why do you hate that one so much it was a good game yes it has a terrible ending scene that kind of makes you wonder what the heck is going on but the the rest of the game was great You know, it's the Mass Effect 3 of Xenoblade. <laughs> of Xenoblade. Just saying. But, you know, the Switch did has done so much. And Nintendo can be proud of it. And it, obviously Nintendo is alive and be, arguably better than ever because of the Switch success. So now their job is to continue that success and to not make a misstep like what they did with the Wii U. Please do not make a Switch U. Or, oh no! <laughs> or, 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 you know, Nintendo to Switch to Furious, something like that. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> all right. Or, 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 are you ready to Switch or something like that? You know, some, something, something ch- cheap and lazy that just shows that they didn't learn their lessons. Please learn your lessons. Yeah, let's not like don't pull a Pokemon company and name your the next game uh like Nintendo to Switch or or like the Pokemon Plus Plus. Do not do that. Oh my Plus. gosh. Plus. Plus. <laughs> One can hope. One can hope. All right. And with that, we are ending this episode of the Nintendo Entertainment Podcast. 
what are your fondest memories of the Nintendo Switch over the last six years? And what do you hope from Nintendo in the Switch in its seventh as we continue on with 2023? Uh, also, what do you think of the Super Mario Brothers movie? And are you going to go see it when it comes out on April 5th? Remember, it's 5th now, not the 7th. Although, you obviously, you could see it on the 7th if you wanted. Uh, and do you agree that Chris Price is still terrible Mario? The answer is yes, but we need to hear you say it anyway. <laughs> I will not let this go. I will not. Also, are you excited for Bayonetta Origins after seeing that new story trailer? Are you still hoping for a Star Fox game on Switch? What do you? Who do you think will show up at E3 2023? And are you sadly one of those people who had their Pokemon Scarlet and Violet save data erased? We're not laughing with you. We're laughing at you. No, not really. <laughs> I really would feel bad if you lost it. If I lost it, it would just be like, really? Really? Anyway. Yeah, it would suck. It would suck. <laughs> it would definitely suck. So let us know in the comments below. So for the spirit of Falcon, Faith, Quilt Kit Scott, and Warrior Will, and Triforce Titan, ladies and gentlemen, we are out of time. We are not allies. We made it to the end of the level. So raise the flag. <laughs>